And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And we have a big week in store for y'all here. Uh, as alluded to on the uh, LGBT in the Ring Twitter account at LGBT Ring Pod, January, that was our our jam-packed month that was our double episode weeks and we were putting that behind us heading into february and the rest of the year but sometimes circumstances dictate different different circumstances and changes and and require you to be uh, flexible and, and adaptable and that's exactly what we're doing here this week because we have another double episode week for you here on the show um, and what a uh, pair of guests we have for for that. It really dictates a double week, honestly. Um, of course, today our guest is the protagonist of pro wrestling, Kid Bandit. Someone who has had a very, very quick rise in the world of pro wrestling. You know, they've been training for a while, but they didn't have their first match until seven months ago and they have amassed a giant following online they have um really starred at whatever promotion they go to um and it's just been amazing to to see the rise of kid bandit and and how much they mean to so many people both within the lgbtq community that focus on pro wrestling and the the greater world as well outside of pro wrestling um and it's just been really cool to see um and also to see them really have some self-realization about themselves and fully embrace themselves and you know this definitely manifested in a lot of fun ways you know obviously we've seen uh waifu bandit <laughs> here and there uh we've seen edgelord bandit now um but at, at the heart uh, Kid Bandit is a very candid and open person. Uh, they wear their heart on their sleeve, and I think that has really brought a lot of people to to them as someone that they want to see in a wrestling ring and someone that they want to um, continue to support as, as they keep growing. Um, so it's a really great chance to have the chance to, to sit down and, and, and chat with them here um, ahead of you know their next appearance up in my neck of the woods at doa um coming up this weekend as well as um they were just announced for pride and vibe weekend they're making their pro wrestling vibe debut later on this year and speaking of pro wrestling vibe of course have to mention our our guest tomorrow on the show the uh founder of pro wrestling vibe himself the business our gay president QWI 2020, the, the 2021 QWI 200 number one ranked wrestler, the business Billy Dixon, um, is going to be stopping by the show again to chat all about pro wrestling vibe, all about his past year and, and everything in between. It's always a blast when Billy comes on, and I'm excited to share that with you all tomorrow. But for today, let's talk to the heart, gold, and soul silver of Deadlock Pro Wrestling.
What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I am very happy to have as my guest this week someone who is not even a full year into their in-ring pro wrestling career, but has already touched so many people and has blown up in so many different amazing ways. You can see them in promotions coast to coast. Most notably, we saw them recently in Pride Style in Las Vegas versus Pro in Las Vegas. Deadlock Pro out on the East Coast, AEW on AEW Dark, and now just recently announced they are headed to Pro Wrestling Vibes Pride and Vibe Weekend this June. Please welcome the protagonist of Pro Wrestling, Kid Bandit. How you doing? Hi, thank you. <laughs> funny, funny you brought up Private Pride and Vibe because I wasn't originally booked for that, but I kind of like I was like, dude, that I saw the card. I, like, I want to go as a fan. But like Loki, I'm like, okay, but like <laughs> I do want to work the show too. So <laughs> I reached out to them, like, hey, hey y'all, what's up? <laughs> well, I mean, that honestly, I'm glad that you are booked there because I feel like this that whole weekend is shaping up to be this massive celebration of the LGBTQ community and and allies to the community there for pro wrestling in a way that we have never seen before. You know, just the fact that you, people like you and, and Shade um, and Kita, like a lot of West Coast people are making that that trip out there and they're getting that show for a company that, um, you know, it's not like been 100% like East Coast people, but there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of focus put on East Coast based promotions when it comes to the LGBTQ um, population in pro wrestling and to see that, that people like you, and a bunch of, of the West Coast people who have been like really holding it down here for a while are going to be on that card is really something special to me. Yeah, it, it, I think it's even better because, like, I mean, wrestling, in, indie wrestling in general as a whole is uh, is very East Coast-based in that, like, oftentimes outside of PWG, uh, the West Coast doesn't really get that um, – I want, I want to say representation because we do have representation. I think I, I just want to say like maybe maybe the the attention, you know, like we don't get as much attention in the West Coast compared compared to like uh, let's say you know like you know the Midwest for example because like I know I know like like one of the conversations we usually have out here between us wrestlers is that we oftentimes don't even get like we don't get put in like these databases, you know, like cage match you know uh because because like nobody pays attention to the west coast as much as they do in the east coast because our scene isn't as i want to say it is it isn't as interactive especially like compared to the south where kayfabe is kind of real to them you know so it's like shoot you know like i i do uh, i do like the fact that you know because i train with kita you know and i think it's the coolest thing is that like i I mean, I was on the up and up, like I looked up to Kita, you know, I looked up to, you know, um, I looked up to Jake Atlas, who, you know, was my trainer originally. And like having these West Coast like wrestlers who are LGBT getting that attention, you know, um, it, it means a lot because now it, it not only does that put like West Coast wrestling in, in like, you know, but if you look at the this, the the cities in the West Coast compared to like the East Coast, I, I, I like to think that we're also we're very, very progressive. Uh, San Francisco is like has like one of the biggest like LGBT communities in like the world. Right. 
um, LA as well, or, or Portland, you know, all these West Coast cities who are like turning into like hubs of like, like I want to say like it's it's like a conglomerate of all the all the colorful artistic LGBT people who are chasing their you know like that's their stereotypical Hollywood dream as it were you know, but we we don't get that we don't that doesn't translate into wrestling as much because because the Hollywood dream in wrestling is to go to the East coast. So, but we're from the West coast. So that that's, there's that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I go in tangents. I apologize. <laughs> you don't ever have to apologize for tangents. Trust me. I I'm right there with you, but no, you're right. Like, especially like talking about like some of the locations on the West coast, notably those locations are also where a lot of the, the a lot of the pro wrestling that does start has started to kind of get a larger profile um, on the West Coast has come out of like obviously Santino Bros where you originally trained with with Jake like that I think that school really has a, a prominence within independent pro wrestling because of the reputation of the people that it turns out and and the quality of training down there not to mention the the promotions that talent there tend to work in, in SoCal you know and then talking about like the bay area we're seeing a rebirth in the bay area now wrestling wise with west coast pro you know absolutely um, and, yep. and and then up here where i'm at in portland like you said like oregon is starting to get like their their stuff together we got with pal pro wrestling doa pro wrestling where you're going to be this coming weekend yeah on Jaden. yeah yep. uh, yeah <laughs> that, that one's gonna be fun um i was really bummed i ha- i had to postpone this but but I I am I'm really excited because Jaden when I first like literally when I debuted Jaden was one of the first people to actually be like yo like I I I I love Kid Bandit and I'm like you haven't even seen my match yet but I really appreciate this you know like <laughs> and, that, and that that that's all to a lot of like indie talent too uh like who who saw me com- coming up like before before I even blew up like Janai who <laughs> routinely call- calls me like her younger your her younger uh, uh, apprentice I'm like yep yeah I see it because like you know or, or Akira who the death samurai who I finally met in person and and but like going back we've had history as far as like they encouraged me to be me you know and all a lot of these we don't you know, like with, with Jaden, he was one of those people who I haven't even blown up yet. And he was already excited for me. So I was just like, yo, like that means a lot coming from someone more established because because now it, it it validates a lot of like, the effort you do. And I, I think that goes goes outside of just wrestling. I think in art or, you know, um, when I was uh, there was a point in my career where I was, yeah, I was blowing up, but I was also like, you know, because like. The whole like I have always been uh bi pan or bisexual pansexual, but the problem is I they, I wasn't non-binary or I didn't identify as non-binary until literally in front of everyone's eyes on Twitter I was like yo I think this is me you know this this happened this this all unfolded in front of everyone's eyes and. And I have independent wrestling to kind of thank for that because, you know, Max the Impaler was like, I've always thought that they were hella cool. And I'm like, hold up. Like, I think, I think they're helping me figure out my, my identity or, um, and, and all these wrestlers who weren't afraid to embrace the LGBT aspect of themselves. I don't even do that. You know, like I, 
Yeah, on Twitter I do, but as far as like my wrestling presentation wise, it's all anime. But and it's not because like, but now it, it used to be because I was afraid of how it will be. But now it's just it's more more so of like, okay, now I'm figuring this out about myself, and I'm I'm excited, you know, and and independent wrestling in general kind of helped me, you know, and I, I can't believe I went from like talking about Jaden to this. <laughs> so, so tangents, I'm sorry. Uh, You're good. Please always feel free to uh, veer me back on track as it were. <laughs> no, you're totally fine because I think that honestly, like that is another, one of the things that it has a lot of significance whenever it comes to this, this, um, and I don't want to say like fandom per se, but more so like this, this, this following this, this uh, group of people that are so loud for you online and are so supportive of you online and, and find a lot of support from you as well. It's like a very much a two-way street in, in that way from what I see. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, like I, I, we were joking. I don't know if you got caught in the, in the beginning, but like, I, I was woefully unprepared for that, <laughs> you know? So, oh yeah. So in a roundabout way, when I was going through that part of my career where I was dealing with a lot of homophobia and a lot of all that, like someone like Nyla Rose, who is like an icon to like the LGBT, like wrestling community reached out to me and said, keep your chin up. I'm like, yo, like that validates so much. And to the point where it's like, I don't care what anyone says, yo. Nyla Rose just just said they got my back, so like, y'all 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 could just you know, and and I think you know. So to go back to the West Coast side though, that we were talking about earlier is that like, if if we go if us West Coast people like Shade and Kita and, and Jay like we go out there and we show up and we show out, I think that will definitely put a lot of eyes because like there's. There's LGBT wrestlers out here in the West Coast that no one's heard of because it we just don't have that much of a reach, you know. Like, uh, literally, I'm in a faction with Richie Coy, who's also non-binary, and nobody knows who they are because you know, and it's not it's not their fault. It's just the the way the way that wrestling is. It's it's harder to put your name out there from the West Coast than it is from the East Coast, you know. Um, or, or, or Marco uh, uh, over at East Bay who runs full queer. He, uh, yes, he yes. runs full queer. And, but, but people don't, you know, like, it's not that they don't respect them. It's just more so that there's not much of a market. So I think not only do we have a chance to spotlight ourselves, you know, with Shade representing Vegas, uh, and Jay, Jay representing Vegas, me representing uh, Los Angeles, but we also, we also get, to use this hopefully as a platform to show everyone that hey uh we we exist outside of the midwest of the east coast and it this the lgbt scene is thriving even if it's under the radar in the west coast and and you know jake atlas really did help so much and you know you know um with putting that like respect and not only being a talented wrestler who is LGBT, but in the West Coast scene as a whole. So I'm glad that they're back in a, no, I'm glad they're back in wrestling because like it broke my heart when they, they said that they were stepping away for a while. So, yeah, I can definitely understand, especially you having like a, a relate, like a previous relationship with him, you know, like knowing him 
more so than the, the general fan, so yeah. to speak, you know? Well, I actually don't know if they remember me. <laughs> like, like that, that, yeah, not saying that Jake is big leaguing me. I, I just think that, like, when they first met me, I was really big and uh, obese, and I, I lost all the way. I grew my hair. I dyed it. So I don't know if they realize I'm the same person. Like, I'm like, because I, I trained with them at one point, and it, it was like I barely interacted with them, but that not that wasn't because I didn't like want to talk to him. It was just more so like, eh, I don't know if you remember me, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, you you were there in day one. You know, you never told you told me never to give up, and I didn't. Here I am. I don't know if you recognize me though. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I mean it's it's interesting that that you bring up Jake as well because like I think for a lot of people. Like he was one of those first people in the more like modern um, view of the LGBTQ pro wrestling movement um, at you know at the very beginning of it. You know his work in PWG, his work with Santino Bros, his work with uh, with PCW um, down there um, really put him into a spotlight to the point that he's gone on to to where he's at now in on television and whatnot. And I remember whenever Jake, I can't remember if it was whenever Jake walked away or whenever Jake came back, I saw that you posted something like talking about how much he, he meant to you in that way. What, to you, what does Jake Atlas mean to what we have seen in the growth and explosion of LGBTQ identities in pro wrestling? Um. Okay, so I don't know if it's my place to tell. So I gotta be, I gotta be very careful. Um, ba- basically, Jake, because um, he's local, right? So I would see him in indie shows and stuff, and it, it, it was. A, I don't even think it was gradual. I think it just came out of nowhere where he like just be like, "Hey, I'm gay," and I'm like, "Oh, cool." But like, I think before him, I mean, I, I wouldn't he wouldn't be like the only example but like before him a lot of the times when a wrestler is lgbt it's such a big part of their their presentation and i'm okay with it 100 percent okay with that but seeing jake just be like oh hey i'm an athlete i'm a super i'm superstar jake atlas and i happen to be gay it was like whoa hold up like that that that's such a different presentation because a lot of the times we often come off as flamboyant exaggerated like you know almost almost in drag kind of presentation it was it was him um fred rosser uh, in new japan who uh, I, be- I believe you know, see, I, I know them as fred now so i don't even remember their old WWE name you know <laughs> uh, Dar- darren young there you go um but yeah like they they these people who decided to uphold that um, that their their sexual identity and and present it the way that they do is incredible because it it brought about a certain level of legitimacy that wasn't really you know like expanded upon in LGBT wrestling a lot of the times I, I, I hate to say it but a lot of the times I feel like a lot of our you know our people get put on these spots as tokens as token representation you know like and that's heartbreaking because it's like, okay, so you only did that because you wanted to seem progressive, you know, and and that, that never came off with in Jake's case because Jake is so damn good that like it's feasible for him 
regardless of like how, how they identify to get booked anywhere because of how like they could get booked on any any place via talent alone and that to me is like because because I've always known I was you know my my identity I mean not not always had the you know but I always had the clue of like I've always been part of the LGBT community I was afraid of stepping into wrestling and having to be put in that position of like oh I'm a token represent representative of like this this niche aspect of the community instead I could come up and be like hey I'm great at wrestling then book me and I also happen to be LGBT and you know and and I think that's what's important about representation is that it's it doesn't seem it, it eliminates the pandering aspect of it because you you the supply and demand is like you're good people demand good and then you bring that aspect the LGBT aspect of, of yourself into the spotlight and so people who are you know who could relate to that doesn't need to like hunt for like good heroes they could just look for someone good who happens to be like them and they don't have to like they, they don't have to force that you know they they could just identify with that i i, I don't know if that's making a lot of sense oh no that, it makes total like, sense it makes it, total it's sense. hard for me yeah, <laughs> it, 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 yeah sorry oh, no, it's like yeah this is an important thing is like one of the things that sucks about your know, representation is especially being Asian American when we are like the one of the most underrepresented like you know um, um, demographics in in media it, and uh, it I think you know finding someone I wanted to identify with that's great is like whoa like I don't need to like I don't need to falsify how great they are to everybody else because they could just see how great they are and they happen to be someone I could relate to even further and that's what Jake Atlas means to me is that they were just good like it, 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 it didn't even matter if they were LGBT or not I would have been a fan regardless but the fact that they also were not, like similar to me it, it, it definitely creates that next level kind of connection and that's also why I you know, I do the same, I present myself the same way. It's like, hey, I will let everyone and their mother know I'm part of the community, but I also want to get by more so with my wrestling or my presentation and less so because I happen to be part of the community. I don't want to lean in on that. I will, but I also want to be, I also want to be looked at as a legitimate, you know, athlete, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. I think it definitely does, and I think that that's something that we're seeing a lot in like this, the last five or so years, when as more people have felt comfortable coming out and have more been more comfortable with you know, like sharing that side of themselves with with the public, with their fan bases, with the people that that watch pro wrestling, you know, and the more diverse uh, representations of LGBTQ identities we can get on on pro wrestling is always for the better i mean if you look at the history of pro wrestling like you said lgbtq people have been almost like pretty much limited to one character and that is like the the gay panic heel-esque character for the most part you know and or, or or these characters have always been played up for a joke or have been like the butt of some kind of like violent outburst or something like that so like 
as long as we're moving away from that, I think that we are totally fine with having so many different diverse presentations because in the same way that we've had conversations around like, you know, how do we define masculinity? What, how will how pro wrestling uh, continue to exist in conversation with masculinity and, and femininity and these sort of things as gender becomes to actually be seen more as the sort of like construct that it is rather than the, the science of it um, that so many people still want to cling on to. Um, we're seeing all these different facets of pro wrestling being represented where you can have a show that has, you know, Effie, who is like always out there to make someone uncomfortable and, and revel in it right up next against somebody like Pero, who like is just out to murder people and yeah. will go home to his husband. Like, it's just like those kind of dynamics really help to solidify what you're talking about. So what you're saying makes total sense to me because at the end of the day, you don't want to be like pigeonholed into one certain thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't, I feel, so I think a lot of people gravitate towards me because of the anime appeal. Um, and I did, I, I, I grew up in, you know, Southern California and Alaska. And I did notice that a lot of people who are into, you know, the these niche, like video games, anime stuff, there's a crossover between the LGBT platform as well, because I, I don't know why it correlates to that, you know, but the, the artistic people tend to be a little bit more in the flamboyant. If, if they're not allies, they're, they're part of the community. That makes sense. And to, to me, I, I just think that, it, you know, it kind of went hand in hand where I grew up with, you know, if you, if you were, if you were in, like, basically, I hate to say, if you were into anime, then you probably are an ally, if not gay, you know, so, <laughs> or, or, yeah, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's not like a set in stone kind of thing, you know, it's yeah. more just like, I just did notice that that's kind of a trend here, and to, to be that, that one person to kind of bridge that world in pro wrestling is kind of like, I think that's one of the reasons why I've developed such a following is because like, I, I, I was talking to, um, to someone about this. They, they basically said everybody kind of had a friend like Kid Bandit like growing up and <laughs> to see them succeed is kind of like watching your friends succeed. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks, guys. I, I I did also have a friend like Kid Bandit in high school. I'm not gonna lie. I never thought I'd be Kid Bandit, you know. <laughs> but I mean, that's I think that's like you said. That's one of the reasons why you you are endear yourself to so many people, and one of the main reasons why you've had such the the quick rise that you have. Because like like I said at the opening of the show, you're it's not even been a year since your first match. No. Um, <laughs> and seven months <laughs> yeah seven months seven months and you are like you're on you've become what like you've been on aw dark twice you have like were featured on deadlock pros first pay-per-view and you become sort of like a hero figure in that promotion in its short time uh, of existence so far um you're the hard gold and soul silver of dp there you go there you go <laughs> like like you are, you are carving the path already, and you have a you've amassed a following that you know some people don't see in their first couple of years in pro wrestling, much yeah. less their first like seven months. And you know, I think a lot of that does come from the fact that you 
are very open about yourself and your feelings. Like you, you openly discuss like, you know, the, the struggles that you've gone through and you openly discuss like your journey to kind of like realizing fully that, that you are non-binary in a way. I want to talk about that. Everyone <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do want to talk a little bit more about that, but before we get there, um, talk to me about that process for you of coming to like realize fully like that I am non-binary. This is who I am. Like what kind of, what started that thought process for you or what kind of like solidified that for you? Um, so when I'm outside, outside of wrestling, when I have my hair back and I'm just going about my day, I'm really introverted. Uh, <laughs> I think people kind of pick, pick up on that too. They're like, ah, they, they're kind of weird. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up. So like, I don't, I don't. I don't know how to deal with people like my social battery like when I when I have caffeine it works but when I don't have caffeine it's like oh it's it's low battery all the time you know so it's weird for me when I hit that gender euphoria and suddenly I feel so confident and it's almost like I feel whole and I'm like hold up like this this is a feeling of uh, being it's like eating a nice steak mm. or a, a plant-based protein for my for anyone who's vegetarian who's listening you know so that you guys can relate as well um it's like eating one of the best meals you've had and then you realize that's your favorite steakhouse or plant-based steakhouse you know like and, and you want to keep going back to that because like no other no other place can give you that feeling of fulfillment and I, I don't know if that's how it operates for a lot of other people I I wouldn't know I'm new to this but that's how it makes me feel and I feel like a complete person when I when I embrace that it, when I push for that when I I so I I'm not uncomfortable being put in that like pedestal of like oh like Kid Bandit is a non-binary wrestler we all want to stand we all want to support um solely because like I'm new to that so it, it's like yeah you, you, you know like it can provide validation was that it can provide validation it does but it, it also puts me in pressure because I'm new to it you know I, I don't want to speak on stuff that I'm barely figuring out as it is. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm. I feel severely underqualified to be giving hot takes and whatnot. I have opinions, sure, but everybody has an opinion. My my opinion doesn't have weight in it because, like I said, I'm figuring this out as I go. I'm new uh, to everything, to wrestling, <laughs> to being non-binary, <laughs> to a lot, to a lot of things. I am very fairly new. So, so I when I speak my mind, I try to basically disclaimer it and be like, Hey, this is my take. I'm new to this. I don't want it to be law. I don't want it. I, I think, I think that's kind of a safe way to go about things. If you're you know uncomfortable, it's just like, Hey, this is just what I feel. And I'm really, I'm really happy that a lot of people like relate to how I feel because like you said earlier, it, it's validating. It's it's incredibly validating to have that support, to have a following that many wrestlers struggle for years 
to even scratch and and being in that being in this spot right now i like you know i mentioned i was underprepared because like one of my biggest fears is becoming that kind you know you know i'm talking about like the youtube celebrities who are fake i'm a hashtag mental health advocate yeah and then and then like a few months later it's like allegations of abuse come out of them it's like well there goes like there goes my hero you know like yeah that is one of my biggest fears is to be this like not genuine about it because we've all had that experience especially with like you know people speaking out and all that stuff people we look up to who you know had a very important role with shaping who we are as individuals today and then you and then like all these stuff come out about them and suddenly it's like wow it feels like all that growth i underwent under their guidance not directly obviously is invalidated because like wow they're a piece of shit you know so sorry sorry for cussing oh no you um, you can curse it's fine okay, okay. yeah yeah, yeah so, so they're, they're a piece of shit so it's like so does, does that invalidate all the progress you made as an, a person no but at the same time it, it hurts and that's my biggest fear is that with not now it, at the position i'm in where people from uh, and i try to mention this as, as much as i can there are people from from other countries who where it's a felony to be lgbt it was sometimes it's punishable by death when they reach out to me and say what I'm doing is helping them live vicariously through me because they can't live that life because they can't be who themselves, man, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of pressure because I don't want to like to them, what I do is everything. And if I let them down, I'm not just letting myself down. I'm letting all these people who, and I'm just talking, I'm not even just talking about like the people who message me. I'm talking about like even the people who are just watching and lurking who, who feel the same way. If I let them down, then, you know, like I, it, it hurts. Cause I've been let down like that before. I've had heroes who came out, you know, Chris Benoit, man. Like I used to look up to Chris Benoit so much. And then he did that. And suddenly it's like, wow, like now it's tainted, you know? So I, that's my biggest fear is letting people, who did don't like with, especially in the lgbt aspect especially with like the non-binary aspect too is which is i i unfortunately do think it's kind of under underrepresented right now it's they we don't have a lot of people to look up to and i i didn't have a lot of people to look up to you know there's there's max the impaler but you know outside of them there's not much right so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely growing. I will say, like you know, for people like Shay McCoy and Eden Von England, and even you know, assigned male at birth, um, uh, non-binary people like you know, we just saw, um, oh, why Christopher Torres at the full at that wrestled at the last full queer show last week yeah, came out as non-binary I, recently. I didn't even know, which is funny because I wrestled them, and I'm like, I knew, <laughs> I knew it. I had, a feeling, I had a feeling but i didn't want to like be like hey but like i remember we were literally backstage uh, calling our match and i i, I remember like coming up to because they're wearing red eyeshadow too and i'm like i really like that and they're like, i really like my chemical romance I'm like me too and then suddenly they posted it i'm like i knew it i didn't know it but i knew it <laughs> you know? 
No, but like I think that we are going to see that population continue to grow, obviously. And and you know, as a, as someone else who identifies as non-binary myself, like I am fully here for that as well, um, and to continue to see that grow. And you know, I think uh, I was talking to somebody recently about AC Mack winning the the, ID, the IWTV title a little while back, and how that was such a historic moment for the. Um, for the male LGBTQ population because they had never had a world champion before until AC. And, you know, the, the topic came up about like a non-binary world champion. And I'm like, oh no, we're going to get ours. Don't worry. Like yeah. it, it's, it's the, the community is, is continuing to grow and it's not, it's not going away in the same way that all these other parts of the LGBTQ community haven't. So I, I have a full, full confidence that the, the non-binary community is, is going to get theirs in pro wrestling yeah and, and it's not even like uh, oh they got one well when are we gonna get ours like it's i'm just happy i'm happy for every step of progress we make it's it's good enough for me because i remember half my life for being you know lgbt was frowned upon like we came up in the rear generation and the, at one point that well like the f like you know the f-bomb was a slur you throw that to someone that you don't like being being like a uh, homosexual is really it's like a cardinal sin almost like almost as if like if you were one that like they like it's kind of like a death sentence especially depending on where you're living at right yeah and, and, and god forbid you go like you're open about that too and then that that switch hit and it, it would i, I want to say it's like right around when obama became president that's when everything started becoming more and more progressive right so i, I remember because like I, I was sitting in history class when when my teacher at, at seventh grade history class our teacher said gay marriage is now legal it's it's amazing and i remember just feeling wow it, it like that i'm if gay marriage is legal then me existing as a person is now legal it's like Wow. And up to that point, I just realized, wow, I was a, I was an outlaw and I was a kid. Like I'm not, not kid band. I was a, I was a yeah. child. <laughs> yeah. I was a child and I was illegal. And I just thought about that. I was like, wow. Like, so up to, up to that point, I was not allowed to be who I was like legally is what, like, <laughs> is what I'm saying. You know? So it's like, I mean, yeah, they, they don't criminalize like, you know, being, being, you know, LGBT, but like, you couldn't also like live love you can't you can't love because it was illegal to get married and we grew up in that generation where that happened so so i i'm grateful for every step of progress regardless of whether or not it's small it's big it's i'm just grateful because at one point we couldn't even marry the person we love no and that happened that happened right before our, that transformation happened right before our eyes so if if we get a non-binary world champion while I'm still alive, hell yeah, I'm proud. But this, I'm not selfish. I think, uh, especially with, with AC, like he he hits a demographic I'll never be able to hit because yeah. because of you know who he is, and that that's okay with me because, like I mentioned before, hunt like when you're when you're a minority hunting for heroes can get really hard and uh, especially in, in in a meet in in a 
industry where a lot of the heroes, yeah, they're all different, but if we go into roots and basics of it, a lot of them are just similar to each other. They're straight men. So, yeah. <laughs> so having, being able to find a hero was hard, you know? So, yeah. And I mean, especially like, I, it just kind of like clicked in my head, like even thinking about, you know, looking at how pro wrestling has represented a lot of people from, um, on a racial background as well you know we talked about how like lgbtq people have been for, for the longest time for us were like pigeonholed into this certain idea of flamboyance and, and that was kind of like fetishized in this gay panic way at the same time you know so many asian and, and black and uh, latinx characters have all been really boiled down to stereotypes that really fetishizes a culture or a region or a, an aspect of an identity that, that, that really minimizes any, any of the performers that were there, no matter what heights they reached. You know, like I, when I was growing up, um, I, I remember seeing Hakushi for the first time on WWF television and thinking like, yo, that guy is badass. But then a few years after, like, once I grew up a little bit more and looked back, like, yes, he was an awesome wrestler, but the way they presented him, the way they presented so many Asian Amer Asian characters and Asian American characters, and also the black characters, I, I have the image of, like, super crazy and psychosis and hooventoot on lawnmowers, yeah. just, like, imprinted on my brain. It will never go away. Like, all these different aspects. That was not yeah. cool at all. That <laughs> no, was not cool at all. Not at all. But, like, it just speaks to, like, a similar history in a way of, of like this fetishization of one aspect of a population in, in a way that really minimizes how um, those populations can really rise and, and actually present themselves authentically. I, I'm 100% there with you because I, I don't think I'm very recently when I actually not, I mean, like seven months ago, actually, when, my, when I first started trying to get indie bookings, I was trying to explain to a promoter, hey, uh, this is my gimmick. And they don't know what anime is. So I was trying to explain it. And I was like, there's some Japanese cartoon, you know, animation. You know, there's a lot of like, there, there's a market for it. And, and the ultimate irony here is one of, the, one of the wrestlers that worked that promotion has an anime gimmick too, like a very Naruto-based gimmick. So, so when I was trying to explain that to the promoter, it's like, no, no, I don't like that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in the tag team with this, with this Filipino guy. Get you guys kung fu uniforms. You guys are gonna get together. And you guys are gonna be called the Chinese Express. Jesus Christ! You guys are gonna do kung fu, and because I've seen you do kicks, so you're gonna do kung fu. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, such such good shit. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like okay, dude. Uh, later, <laughs> I'm not, I'm never getting back, coming back here. You know, because, yeah. Yeah. Because, like I said, like because the '80s presented wrestling that way, it's very cartoony. Very, and, and the the ultimate irony here is Kid Bandit, the anime protagonist, is calling wrestling car too cartoony. It's not lost <laughs> on me. But the, the the presentation is so exaggerated to the point where everybody kind of came off as a one dimensional, like you know, I mean, what what makes Undertaker cool? Like, I mean, it's, uh, it, ignoring the weird like mark calloway stuff like you know real life mark calloway stuff what made the undertaker cool was uh they were an undead zombie biker satanic cult leader occasional like yeah you know, occasional um 
uh, cowboy freaking MMA fighter who is married to Michelle McCool. Like so many layers within the character. Granted, he did have a very storied career, you know, or, or C- CM Punk or like for some someone more modern. Like what is CM Punk? A straight edge punk rocker who happens to be a like you know, like when they're baby face, they're, they're just they're they're that cool uncle type wrestler. But that, that you want to hang out with, go to punk shows with. But outside of that, they could be a real prick when they want to be and like look down on everyone for not being straight edge. You know, like there, there's layers, and I think that's what makes uh, wrestlers relatable is when there's layers. Because now, yeah, hey, I may not like, I may not like the satanic cult aspect of the Undertaker, but I love Harley Davidson's. <laughs> Therefore, I'm a big fan of The Undertaker because they used to come out in a Harley, you know, like, so, so there, there's that. And with me, that's how I'm trying to go for it, too, is like, hey, I'm Kid Bandit, anime protagonist. I happen to come out with a big sword. Uh, sometimes I cosplay Loki because I really like Loki because Loki is like a gender fluid icon to me. Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they are to a lot of people, too. And hey i'm not binary you know so like layers you know layers because us as people are layered individuals none of us are one-dimensional but wrestling unfortunately especially like the older heads who think 80s or 90s even they look at wrestling as like hey you only got one character buddy so therefore (laughs) you gotta exaggerate that one specific aspect of yourself and that's it all right, now your gimmick's going to be a baker. You're going to come out with a rolling pin and whack people in the head. (laughs) When you pin them, you're going to roll on them. Yeah, and it's like, okay, that's, you know, that's cool. But, like, why? (laughs) Yeah, like, where does it go from there? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so can I be a baker that comes out to a Harley Davidson? Yeah. Look, look, now, now, now it creates that, like, weird okay, they're a baker, but why are they coming out in a Harley? And suddenly they're way more intriguing now. Now exactly. you can come up with a story. It's like, well, they're a biker. They're a part of a tough biker gang that deals drugs in Albuquerque, New Mexico, like Sons of Anarchy, except their real goal in life is to create pastries. That's what they're really passionate about. So they're using, they're using their skills that they learn from being a hardened like criminal biker. They're gonna go to pro wrestling to fund their baking craft because they just want to open their own bakery. And suddenly you have such a dynamic character without falling into the stereo one-dimensional stereotypes. And that that to me is like wow, like holy, oh my god, now I kind of want to see a wrestler who's a biker slash baker, and so, and suddenly it's way more. Way more like, hold up! I, I don't know. The, I can't. I can't. Come, the, the the words in the tip of my tongue, but it's like, it's engaging. There you go. Yeah. It's Way more engaging. <laughs> and I think, oh yeah, two Asian, two Asian wrestlers who do kung fu. Yeah, great. God. But, <laughs> but if you add like, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, I went, I went up in a really weird tangent there, but <laughs> no, you're you're totally fine because I think it, honestly, like you're spot on. Like it's about developing characters that feel authentic that you can engage with that you can really buy into and follow them through their journeys through their career like it's not just about like the idea of a character but where that character can go and that brings me to a very interesting point with you specifically because obviously there's been a lot of talk about variants in pro wrestling and kid bandit is full of variants obviously we've seen edgelord kid bandit show up recently down at prize style 
Um, obviously, Waifu Bandit uh, here and there, um, which, by the way, I just have to say now that I have you in front of me, um, on the Maki Ito, by the way. It was so spot on and perfect and outstanding. I really hope that Prestige, if you're listening, make that match happen, damn it. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. But that that idea of creating something that people can engage with and can kind of learn more about was that something that kind of f- led to you, led to you kind of developing these different ideas of what Kid Bandit can be in different realms or different presentations? Um, I <laughs> or what led to that rather. <laughs> I, as funny as it sounds, the reason why the whole bandit variant thing came about is because I don't have a home home promotion. I'm all over the place. And so when you don't have roots, you suddenly have. Okay, I hate the analogy because I'm not I'm not I'm not really active in dating, but when you're dating and you're not you're single, but you're meeting all these new people and you're dating people left and right, you could present yourself in multiple different ways if that makes sense it's like okay i'm i'm i'm, I'm meeting a, a guy named john today and john is cool there you know but that but then you find out something about them that like you you know like let's say john john loves coffee so suddenly like you, you're i'm on a date with john and suddenly, hey john i i love coffee and you talk about coffee the whole time and then you go go to your next date and m- maybe um Maybe Aria, like date number two, or well, the next day, Aria hates coffee, but they love anime. So suddenly, hey, hey, but we're not talking about coffee at all. We're going to talk about anime. You know, I love coffee, but you know, like, so, so that being said, in, I swear I'm coming to a good point here in wrestling terms, because I don't have a home promotion. I get to be a different, I get to spotlight a different aspect of Kid Bandit everywhere I go so like let's say I'm doing a lucha show which I did recently in Los Angeles I get to come out and just be like I'm from literally five minutes away and I know lucha therefore I'm none of these people probably watch anime I'm pretty sure some of them do but I don't need to rely on the anime stuff today I could just be myself I could just play off the the fact that I'm five minutes away from here you know, I, I, I recognize some of the people walking down the street. It's like that, that, that to me is easy. Whereas if I wrestle in like, I don't know, um, like Chicago and, and I, I go out there and there's ever, everyone's wearing like a My Hero Academia shirt. Suddenly it's like, okay, anime time. Let's go, go, go. You know? So the, the, the variant thing kind of came up with that fact that I don't stick to one spot. Therefore I have to be a chameleon of sorts to adapt to all these places with pride style coming coming up i was wrestling shade and the shade is uh the shade is an icon in the vegas scene because they've had that uh the the championship for so long and people just like gravitate to them and i didn't want like the the easiest story to tell was like hey kid bandits the up-and-coming you know lgbt wrestler versus shade but i thought to myself you know what why don't i be a heel like, you know, because I have the I have the emo fringe to make it work, right? So let, <laughs> let me be the edge lord today. I mean, I'm kind of edgy, you know, I'm wearing a my chemical romance right now, you know. Oh, exactly. sure, right now. So so having no roots 
is a detriment for a lot of people because yeah like you can't really grow that um that cult like that local cult following if you are all over the place but i look at it like a band like a, a touring band a touring band doesn't play the same venue all the time they have to go to different states different you know and they expose themselves to other people and sometimes you just have to expose yourself in different ways to adapt to like you know like to, to adapt to whatever audience you're gonna be performing in front of and to me that's where the whole variant came up came about is that like i'm never gonna be the same kid bandit every show regardless so i might as well come up with the idea of like the multiverse of bandit if that makes sense <laughs> And, and I think it, it even works in kayfabe aspects. Like I never lose. I, I, the person you beat was a different variant. I'm technically still undefeated. <laughs> the no, real it, Kid Bandit hasn't lost yet. <laughs> All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at stswband, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. No, it definitely works. I I, I really like the, the malleability that of, of the character there, and it is interesting kind of, looking at that as like a, a circumstance um, of not having that home promotion in a way. Um, do you feel like, you know, you, you talked about growing up, like kind of like not really having many friends and feeling kind of like outcast. Do you feel like that like plays into this, this aspect of you at all of being like, well, you know, it's okay that I don't have a home promotion right now it's okay that i'm just able to really explore myself and, and put myself in front of as many people now as in, in that way yeah yeah now, now that you put it in perspective like absolutely you're right i never <laughs> thought of it like that but 
yeah, growing up, not really having like, you know, I mean, I did have my group of friends, but it's well, yeah, not, everybody has a group, yeah, yeah, but I, I never, I was never close, close to anyway, because I was like, I was a wallflower, I was that, I was that weird kid that people kind of saw, you know, they were either, they either looked down on me because I was, I was just weird, you know, like, and I, I think I could attest to a lot of people where if you're into anime, at least in my generation like now i i think it's a little bit different but back then like if you were into anime you're like that weird oh why do you watch cartoons go watch go watch jersey shore like every other teenager it's like oh, oh i i i don't find the appeal to that you know and then snooki was in wrestling and i'm like okay i, I, I gotta i gotta get familiar <laughs> now but but yeah like or, yeah like i was a i was that weird Asian kid that didn't speak English much. I I was LGBT, but I never told anybody. I was into emo music in, in, in high school, in a, in a junior high, middle school, where it kind of looked got looked down upon. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was a wallflower, and I loved wrestling. And you know that's a bad combination when you're growing up. You like wrestling? That fake shit. Why don't you watch UFC and be a real man? I'm like, well, because I don't. I mean, I appreciate UFC if I whenever I watch it, but but I like wrestling too because, like, man, storylines. Our RVD just did a flying kick that I don't see in UFC. You know, like, come on, you know, Jeff Hardy just jumped off a freaking, you know, and they were cool. They look cool. Like, yeah, only in UFC wears face paint. Like, I'm sorry, you know. So, so yeah, that that's where I think I think you're absolutely right. Like, I didn't. I didn't have a good I didn't have roots growing up so having no no roots isn't necessarily a bad thing for me now that I'm here because I, I mean, I'm hell dude, I'm an immigrant I I grew up in Alaska then California so it's like you know like <laughs> definitely don't have any roots it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have that stability I do have that stability now that I, I know like IDPW is kind of my home promotion now as we speak, you know, but I'm not from North Carolina. So it's still kind of far, far away, you know, but, but it, it definitely helps me kind of like just go, go, it helps make it easy for me to go up to a place and just be like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea where I'm going, but that's okay. Because my whole life, it's always been like that, you know? <laughs> I imagine that probably also helped whenever you had to relocate during training to head to the Nightmare Factory too. Um, that one I was actually very fortunate that I was able to do it with my tag partner uh, and friend uh, Ish, because having like yeah, if you're if you're if you're a nomad, you don't really have like you you have a problem doing everything on your own, but it doesn't hurt to have a familiar face. And they they definitely curbed a lot of like the craziness I would have been up to because uh, I have ideas that would have probably end my career before it even started. <laughs> they kind of taught me out of it. It's like, ah, let me do a backflip into the concrete. No, no, Jesus. no, <laughs> no. And it's like, okay, 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 you're right. <laughs> let me take a power bomb in the guardrail. No, no, you're crazy. No, don't do that. Save, save that for like when people are actually watching you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sounds like Ish has been a good influence. Yeah. Uh, we're both immigrants from a third world country who uh, just wanted to chase our dream. And I've always kind of saw him as like the, like, you know, we're, we're not really, like we never came into this 
hoping to be a tag team because we got to just tag because we know every everything about each other as far as moves are concerned because like we we train together but they um they, their approach to wrestling is very different from mine yeah and it's okay because like that's that's where you realize like i would if it wasn't for wrestling i would have never been their friend if that makes sense because like they're they're collegiate athlete rugby player um six collegiate degrees just you know a very very accomplished individual who you, you know you see they're they're upper echelon and wrestling brought us together and and we would have never been really friends otherwise and that is that, that to me is teaching me a lesson is like wrestling brings people together who otherwise would never come together and that's a beautiful thing and uh i think sorry to go off on a tangent here but there's there's aspects of the lgbt community that's kind of like i, I hate to say it but it's very inc- uh, not what's the opposite exclusive yeah there you go it's yeah. very exclusive but if wrestling can bring people together, I think we could use wrestling as a platform to make the LGBT community more inclusive. And it works vice versa, too. It, I think we could use the LGBT aspect of ourselves to bring wrestling into becoming more inclusive. And I think AEW is doing a wonderful job doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. And Speaking of AEW, like obviously your your last appearance on AEW Dark, you actually got a tag with Ish on, yeah. on the program. Like, did that give you? Was that like any like added significance to have that moment with Ish? Because like your first match there, like it, it wasn't tagging with Ish, but this time around, you got to tag with with your with your friend there. I'm not proud of my performance in that match. I I I, I was sloppy. I I definitely showed my experience. I, the nerves got to me. Um. And one of the, like one of the things I told Ish was like, "Hey, dude, if they don't air our match because of my performance, I am so sorry, dude. Because like, like I this, this, like I like I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but like I would have been fine if I did bad and dark by myself because I'm growing my following on my own, regardless, right? And, and honestly, like the fact that I did bad on dark and I still trended was weird. Like I'm like, <laughs> hey, hold on, like, like I." I botched my stuff on AEW, guys, but you guys still want me to get signed? Y'all are wild, but I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think it helped me be humble, I guess. <laughs> like, be that like, the whole experience kind of just made me humble. It's like, hey, man, like, I'm blowing up, but I did terrible in front. Like, I shit the bed in front of everybody and from Tony Khan and all these people. And I'm, I wouldn't blame them if they never call me back. I hope they do, but like, you know, like I, I, I know I did bad and it's not everyone's anyone's fault, but my own, I, I was just not right. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not ready. I just, I let myself get overwhelmed. If that makes sense. And it was really sad because like I'll ish is a great wrestler who is often overlooked. Uh I don't want I don't like the idea that people think they're I'm like they're underneath my shadow because dude, we're not even the same kind of wrestler. Like the people that ish uh, appeals to are definitely not the people that like I appeal to, if that makes sense. So so tagging with them was great for me personally because it's familiar. And we get to say, hey, look, we were a tag team here. 
Like, we are a legitimate team. Yeah, we don't have matching gear, but we have really cool moves together. But Ish, it, that would have been a good spotlight for him. And I was so worried that they weren't going to air the match because of my mistakes. So the fact that they did made me happy because I'm like, hey, at least Ish is, uh, you know, Ish is getting that spotlight too, if, if nothing else. And, and like when the whole sign kid bandit hashtag kind of started trending, uh, there was a lot of like sign ish move on things too. And I'm like, I wouldn't even be mad if they signed him first, because if you look at ish, he is six foot five, 252 pounds. And that's shoot billing. Like, you know, so oh, yeah. wrestling, wrestling <laughs> here in sports <laughs> entertainment. He is six foot seven and 270 pounds, brother. So like, yeah, like, that's that's dude like you're looking at the complete package here because like not only are they great at wrestling they're athletic they have the collegiate background they got all this to going for themselves they're they're a person of color from a third world country so you got that marketable story of rags to riches like so much going for them but they're overlooked and that and they got signed i would be like hey brother go go kill it wherever you go and think about me when you win the world title. Because, <laughs> yeah, right now I am enjoying that, like, that nice level of success, uh, notoriety. But in the grand scheme of things, if I was a wrestling promoter, I would book Ish before I would book me. I Personal, personal, personally. But that's also because he's my friend. <laughs> so so that, that, there's that, you know. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoy y'all as a team as well, as well as singles, obviously. You know, like like seeing Ish on the, the full queer show last week was uh was really awesome to see him keep getting the spotlights there. And I'm glad that he's showing up on the DOA show. I love yes, yes. Like for those listening, like Bandit just threw out the you can't see me. I love that Ish <laughs> like just blatantly just like straight up Cena finish in that match. <laughs> We we we've been we've been doing that together on our own. Like, I'm, I, like hey, I'm sorry, Ish, but I'm expose your ass. John John Cena is Ish's favorite wrestler. He is not ashamed of that. But I will. Nor should out. he be. <laughs> yeah, it was sixteen time world champion, man. Like, you know, so so he did the so for context, he did the full John Cena five moves of doom in his match. And and right a week before that, we we I, I wrestled Jody uh from S4 TV. But the gimmick was we were video game characters and Ish was controlling me, Laz was controlling Jody, and the finish of that was the lightning fist. So <laughs> John Cena's lightning fist. And I, I hit I, I hit Jody with the lightning fist. So yes, we are big John Cena marks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm into it. And I love the 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 outside of the box ideas there too like i heard about that video game match i haven't watched it yet but i heard about that and honestly if there were two people that were going to do it it was going to be you and jody right just for real like like come on that's tailor made for you two (laughs) i saw like so i didn't know i knew it was booked that show i didn't know who was facing they said jody and i'm like oh man we are and this is the best the best part about this weekend was uh, I did three shows in Vegas that weekend, and every single night was a different variant. Uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, the regular Kid Bandit 
then it was edgelord bandit then it was video game bandit and i was like yo like and it really helped me like kind of figure out my range i'm like yo i should be an actor fun fact i am going to acting school soon so so wish me luck fingers crossed for sure but yeah I'm, i'm applying to an acting college to hopefully expand my uh my and this is all to supplement wrestling because ultimately at the end of the day I, I do want to be a wrestler that's the that's the goal and i i think i i i sorry for going off in a tangent please oh, please no. feel free to cut me off <laughs> you're totally uh, fine you're like tangents are welcome here honestly you're good i i got yeah I, I have a friend who tagged me on a reddit thread about me and they were like hey they're talking about you reddit I'm like cool let me see and somebody somebody made a post is like so what is Kid Bandit? Are they a wrestler or do they just are they just someone funny on Twitter? Like what are they? And it hit me. I'm like, people don't know I'm a wrestler. Mm. Like I, I've been wrestling every weekend since my debut. People don't know I'm a wrestler. <laughs> Come on, man! Like what is going? On? Like I, my pinned tweet is still my highlight reel. Like yeah. I, I've, I've been so tempted to change it to like when CM Punk like tweeted me, but I'm just like, but. Yeah, I, I want to put myself over. Look, I can do the Phoenix Splash, guys. Please book me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then people don't care I can do the Phoenix Splash. They care more about like the anime Naruto run. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you get booked for the Naruto run, do the Phoenix, and then make them realize they need to book you for the Phoenix. Well, it's funny. It's funny because like it, it's starting to hit me that it's not about the moves that you do. It's about like how who you are and how you connect with fans. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, because like somebody linked me with the somebody linked me to a match of of uh, 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 AJ Styles versus Christian uh, for the NW title at some like high school gym. And they came out and the crowd already knew who they were and they didn't do anything in that match. They were, they teased locking up for like five minutes. <laughs> But people were eating it up because they just they the fans connected to AJ. They connected to Christian, so they didn't have to do anything. And in case in point, I did that in DPW against Ho Ho Lin. I just did the people's elbow for my finish. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let me see how far I could get away with it. And surprise, surprise, everybody liked it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're you're right though. Like, it is more about that connection with, with the fans, which obviously you have now with, with a lot of people but it's always good to have an arsenal uh to, to break out whenever you need to and you've been very very um active and, and inventive in, in broadening your your moveset and broadening what you do in the ring and in, in the same way that we've had the variants of, of kid bandit emerge the the moveset as well as emerge it feels like you're you're starting to kind of at least the process of rounding yourself out in a way and, and it's really awesome to continue to watch this evolution of Kid Bandit, even if it's just from like this office that I'm in right now, you know, <laughs> like it's just yeah. Part yeah. part of the part of that growth is thanks to the people who support me too. It's I find what like I I learn from like I'm not I I learned real quick, and I got QT to thank for this QT Marshall because he was my coach too. Mm-hmm. I find out real quick that you as a person will get you further in this business than you as a wrestler. And when he said that, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'll, I will settle always for being a better person than I, I will settle for a great wrestler because, and I'm coming out of this 
um, I came into the Nightmare Factory about a couple of months after the Speaking Out movement came about, where hundreds and a bunch of people are, you know, like getting outed for their personalities, and suddenly it's like I made it my mission to just be like, okay, okay, so, so all these talented wrestlers are pieces of shit, and suddenly it it hurts, it hurts so much that like. They, they had legions of fans who rooted for them, who, who made them, because you know, I've always been a fan of wrestling. Even now, I'm still a fan. And I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think now, now it's hitting me. I'm a, I'm a wrestler with a following. You know, it's, it's weird because you know, like you, you, you start off as a wrestler with no following. So you're still kind of a fan, but you're working. So you're, 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 behind, you're behind the barricade now but you're not, not in the ring yet. But now I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm a wrestler with a following. Therefore, I got people who look up to me. Therefore, you know, like now, uh, I, hate to say, I hate to use it, but with great power comes great responsibility, Peter Parker. <laughs> so um, I just don't want to be, like I said earlier, I don't want to let anyone down. Like that's the, that's the biggest fear is, is if I, if for some reason I I become the person I swore not to be, like that would be like the biggest insult to all the people who see themselves through me, you know. And yeah. now it's becoming a constant struggle of like not not necessarily a struggle because I, I like to keep myself grounded, you know. Um, but it's it's becoming it's becoming that like pressure of like don't let the fame get to your head, don't let the don't let the money get to your head. Don't let all that get to your head. Just be you, be as genuine as possible. And I have to check myself constantly for that. And I, I make it I make it known to everybody I check myself for that because I'm scared to lose that, to lose that, to lose that genuine connection with people because because the moment I do, everything I've said so far becomes hypocritical everything i stood for to this moment becomes obsolete <laughs> obsolete <laughs> because because it's uh, it, it, i i think i championed a side of society that never really gets put in in a good light because you they get looked down as freaks as outcasts as just you know and that goes for the lgbt community as a whole like I that I think that's why a lot of us like when we see someone who's LGBT succeeding, we immediately it immediately captures our our attention because now we're like we don't have a lot going for us regard like in, to begin with, so we want someone who who we can relate to to succeed because that that does that not if they succeed it tells me that I can succeed if that makes sense. Oh yeah, and not now that I have that kind of like pressure, I don't want to lose that, but I also don't want to, I don't want to put myself in a position where I don't have that genuine like connection with people anymore because I decided to be fake because I decided to start saying things that I think people want to say because I decided to sell, sell out. So that's, yeah, so to go to circle back to where I, why I started talking about that, it's because because QT said you you as a person will get you further than than your talent in wrestling. I've always made it a goal to learn, 
even from fans. I will learn from fans. I don't care. I don't have that pride to say I'm too good to be learning. Like I, I ask people for advice routinely because, because guess what? Even if the advice sucks, whatever, like let it go from one ear to the other. Every, every single bit of knowledge usually has something you can take away from if you wait around, like if you wait around all the stuff that you don't particularly want to like, you know, particularly want to take, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. There's always like a kernel there that can be, that can be added into, into the, the memory banks and, and to be applied to certain things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a, a really good approach to have, not just with pro wrestling, but with life in general, you know, trying yeah. to be as authentic to you as possible and not, don't be afraid to be wrong. You know, don't be afraid to, to make a mistake that you and look at as a learning process or, you know, just keeping your mind open to, to learning about all these things. And I think that's, that's an aspect of, um, of life that I think a lot of LGBTQ people have just because of the nature of how living out as an LGBTQ person can be or has been in the past. And, um, you know, I think it, it makes total sense that that would be added in, into your mindset. It's, it's wise words from QT, honestly. It's really yeah. wise words. Yeah. Nah, he, he is a great mentor. I think, I think, I, I think where, where he's positioned on TV doesn't do him justice as far as like how much of a great influence he is in, in pro wrestling, especially to me, you know, like, cause I, I know, I, I know I talk about Cody a lot as far as like, cause I'm a, I'm a big Cody Mark. Like yeah. not going to lie. I, I, I wasn't familiar with QT until like, you know, he got, he got an AEW. So like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit my way and say, Oh yeah, I'm a big QT Mark from when, from when he did ring of honor all those years. Like, I, I didn't know who he was. At the time. I'm sorry. But now that I do know who he is, I'll be like, yeah, no, he, he definitely imparts so much good fucking shit. I'm, I'm scared to talk to QT too, because like, I don't, pe- I don't think people realize how good, like he can do everything in the ring, you know, like, like you think I create shit? No, nah, you should see what he does, you know, like, <laughs> but he, he taught me how to do the Phoenix Flash. Let's go with that. Yeah. You know? like, I hear you. Yeah. 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 No, it is interesting. It is because you don't really think about QT in that way, just based off like how he, how how he presents in the ring and like and, and the move set that he does utilize and that sort of thing. But yeah, like we've seen him break out the space flying tiger. Like oh my gosh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I I can't even okay. I've done the Sasuke special one time on a crash pad. I've never yeah. done it in a match. So the fact that QT could do it means that he's more of a high flyer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> make sure make sure to tell him that next time you see. Him. <laughs> no, well. Like, Oh, sorry. Yep. Yeah, no, the only thing that I don't think QT can do is the Naruto run. So I got him beat. <laughs> there you go. You always got to have one. You always got to have one that can that can separate you. Yep. I'm into it. Um, well, as we start to wind down here a little bit, I just have a couple more questions for you here. Um, one, you know, we talked about the, the following and, and the, the community that's built up around you over the past seven months or so. Um, and one of the ways that that has really manifested was back in December, whenever you were voted the QWI Rookie of the Year for 2021 um, by the fans of this show. Um, talk to me a bit about how, how that how you felt when you found out that, that you won that award. And I promise this is not navel-gazing on my part. 
who's <laughs> been the host of the show. I'm just genuinely curious. I will say, I mean, okay, I've never won an award in my life. Mm. That was one of the first. And I remember looking at that and I'm just like thinking, wow, I finally won something, you know? It's, it's really cool. And that, and then, and then the gravitas hit me. It's like, oh my God, I won something. Holy shit. <laughs> Took some edibles that night. Said, yo, I'm, I, I did it. You know? And, and yeah. So, so it's, it's so funny to me that I look at the people that was like in that list for me, like Sazzy was there. I was like, what? Nah, I didn't beat Sazzy. I was high as high as a kite, right? When I was, <laughs> I'm right? yeah. I'm like, no, I did. Nah, nah, this is. I made. I made this up in my head. Nah, I, I did. I was like, oh, okay. That, that this is this is genuine. This is cool. And when I and, and you know I, that means a lot because it's hard. Like for someone who struggled a lot with their identity with with embracing being lgbt you know even today i still struggle with it you know like because like ultimately what i think i I like to think that we call it pride because for so long a lot of us were ashamed of it yeah and and now we call it pride because no longer are we like forced to hide that part of ourselves right but I, i i like to think that everybody still struggles with it every once in a while because ultimately as a society we've been told that being lgbt is weird it, it kind of got ingrained in our heads yeah it's so much more progressive now but growing up like oh, i don't know like that like, stuff sticks with you it does it it's hard to undo years of of i don't even have the word for it uh years of conditioning as it were like the fact that, gosh, I don't even want to talk about it, but like the fact that like there's camps designed to stop you from being gay. Mm. It's absurd to me that, you know, and, and that, I guess that's why like a lot of us still struggle with it because like for the longest time we got told that it was wrong. And winning that award for someone who still struggles with it really helped me kind of come to terms with like i should be proud you know i should be proud of who i am i should be proud of being attracted to who i'm attracted to 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 embrace a part of me that i for the longest time still struggle embracing so so yeah as much as that helps me in my wrestling career it helped me more as an individual the, the person behind kid bandit that helped that person more because you know i never win anything in life and the one thing i finally won was the some that one thing i constantly struggled with it's validating it's Mm. incredibly validating because like i hate to bring it up but there was that there was a time where being lgbt they want to get rid of the b because like yeah like yeah and it, 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 it that hurt me because I'm like, that's me. I thought this was supposed to be where I can be with with like like minded people. Why are you guys like trying to invalidate my entire existence? Like the rest of the world is trying to invalidate our existence, like all these other countries to make it a felony 
for our existence, you know, like, so coming from the, the heels of that and like now, now that movement kind of died down, but like still like that, that, that hurt. And, and to be, to win an award for that, for doing what I do while being, but, but like the award is based around the fact that that's who I am made me embrace it a little bit, a lot more actually. So it's, you know, and it, it definitely helped me because I, I, I think in December, I don't know if you, you know, like, I mean, it's not that far away removed, but like, <laughs> even in December, I wasn't really embracing the LGBT aspect. I was like, I wasn't ashamed of it, but I never really leaned in on it. But after that, I was like, yeah, I'll, let's go, let's go all in. <laughs> like Cody, let's go all in. You know? Yes. <laughs> so that's what, that's what it meant to me. And um, when winning by being who you are, that, that was the lesson that guy imparted to me because because i'm sure someone out there listening right now probably struggles with who with themselves and trust me dude or do that or non-binary uh, gender neutral term for dude <laughs> see i'm still figuring <laughs> that part out too uh, uh like even if you don't know who you are now just be yourself and trust that if you stay true to what you are inside then things will go your way and it will feel so much more validating that you never changed who you are because because you can win you can win by being you and that's important you know you don't have to change anything about yourself yeah i mean like obviously like the awards are created like to honor like wrestling stuff but at the end of the day like the spirit of, of those awards were like about honoring the the people in the community and, and the the identities that make up this wide array of outstanding people that are in the, the LGBTQ pro wrestling community. So I'm glad that 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 had that impact on you. And you know, honestly, like any of the five that were nominated deserve that award. And I'm, you know, so very, very deserving. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I listened to the podcast. I think I think you y'all hit it right nail in the head. It's like it's more of a timing issue for me. <laughs> I think <laughs> because like I started blowing up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to the point it still baffles me. I'm not I'm not complaining. It ba- it just baffles. Yeah. Well, last question for you. I like to end on a fun one on the show. Um obviously we've talked anime has come up a lot. Um a lot of a lot of discussion around the anime aspect of Kid Bandit is there. Um, I know you've been out there talking about like how Trigun's one of your favorite. There's a lot of One Piece influence, a lot of My Hero Academia influence, uh, a whole lot of Naruto influence on the character and that sort of thing. But I want to ask you, not not your favorite anime, but tell me what anime that you really, really, really enjoy that people will be most surprised to to find out. Do you think? Uh so I, I've mentioned it before, but Cross Ange. Mm. is one of my favorite animes and i swear it's not hentai (laughs) i swear it is not in the beginning there was there's a little bit of a triggering scene yeah there's a lot of fan service it's if you can get past that it has one of like the wildest plot twists in anime it's like because I love JRPGs, right? What or RPGs in general? Like, like, can I talk about that real quick? Oh um, yeah, go for it. Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, like, so good. 
the the plot twist of Revan being you is like what? <laughs> what? And I have I've had I had the luxury of playing the game before this before you know I I played the game before the the whole bit got like brought up into the mainstream attention you know like I played it like way back when in my PC and I remember like going through that like scene and I'm like and I, this was when I was younger so I did not know the I, I already struggled with like the controls of that game because the controls of that game are like a little like you have to you have to have a brain to like play like the old school Bioware RPGs. You, you can't just like point and click and hope for the best. You have to yeah. like be patient, right? It can be so, counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was playing that and I remember getting to that scene and I'm like, oh my god, that that's a good plot twist. And and ever since then, RPGs, especially JRPGs, man, they usually have like this crazy plot twist. Like, well, uh, White Knight Chronicles, like, like that, that had a great plot twist at the end. And I remember thinking, wow, like I want, I wish animes had that, you know. And and Cross Ange was the only anime I felt like that did that twice. <laughs> they did it twice. They, they they had a plot twist halfway through, and then they did another one at the end. And I'm like, man, like come on, you know. So it, it holds a special place in my art because it's a mecha anime. The protagonist hat is great. There's a lot of fan service, which I'm I'm not gonna complain about. I understand it's not for everyone, but you know, like I'm not complaining, you know. Um, there's dragons in the anime fighting giant robots, like what? You know, there's there's some gore in it, so they're not afraid to like showcase gore. Um there's alternate universes in there. There, you're, you're like the protagonist is basically fighting God at the end, and that's like the plot of every JRPG game, right? It's like in the level basically. one, you're, you're level one. Let's kill some rats who are infesting a dungeon oh, basement. <laughs> okay, uh, chapter thirty. We're fighting God because God <laughs> decided to end to end all existence, and you happen to have the sword that can fight God. And then the ending is like, oh, turns out you were a figment of everyone's imagination, like Titus from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Hey, hey, Yuna, your boyfriend's imaginary. What are you going to do? Final Fantasy X Part Two: Lesbian road trip. Let's fucking go. Hell that's, yeah. So, so that's, that is literally cross-ange. <laughs> I have not seen it. I have written it down in my notebook to check out based on your explanation of it alone. I'm yep. into it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was made by the same people that made Gundam Seed um, and Gundam Seed Destiny. So okay. if you like those animes, then you'll you'll notice literally the intro for Gundam Seed and Cross Island is like a frame by frame, like copy paste almost. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yep. Oh, Bandit, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to chat. And, and this has been really, really fun, honestly. I, I'm sorry if I went off. <laughs> oh no, you are totally fine. I can't wait to find out if your sword can find God as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, until then, let everybody know where they can find you online and what you have going on. Uh, everything is at Kid Bandit Pro on all social media platforms. Uh, as far as what's going on, I'm planning to. I I launched. Uh, thanks. I, I'm gonna butcher this because like this is the problem with like Twitter handles is like they're spelled weird, right? Uh, Bryson, I hope I said that right. Uh, launch a, a Discord channel, so I have that now. Which I I'm terrible at Discord, but I'm hoping to turn 
that into a space for anime lovers, for LGBT um, people, for cosplayers, for anyone just in general to just kind of like migrate to and just be like, hey, I want to meet some like-minded individuals who want to just like chill and, you know, and I happen to be there and be like, hey, you know, I'm a banana, you know, so, you know, like... (laughs) and because i'm terrible at discord I, it overwhelms me there's like everyone's talking so much and i'm just like oh I'm, okay so, i feel you so yeah they're, they're, uh, i just launched a discord ser- uh, server today in tandem with my new cosplay which yeah it, it, it's my uh, toga from my hero i plan i plan on launching a patreon uh, as well where i will be posting all the pictures from the cosplays i've done uh, I'm just waiting on Patreon to approve it. Hopefully they do, because you know I could use the extra money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that should be it. Um, cool. I I look forward to it, and and honestly, good luck. Hopefully we're you. coming up on that year anniversary for your first match, and it's just gonna keep growing for you. Hopefully that that's scary to me, because like there yeah. was a point where I didn't I ever thought I was gonna debut, so it's like I've been wrestling for a year. How about that? <laughs> thank you bandit thank you so much this was really fun my thanks once again to kid bandit for taking the time to to chat and you know spend some time talking about their um rise through pro wrestling and and everything that has really uh befallen them and through that and it's really awesome to see I will make a couple of quick notes on some of the things that occurred to me immediately after we ended the interview. Of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention um, Big Game Leroy as someone who would fit into that video game match motif as well. You know, obviously we've seen that before from Big Game Leroy and, and some opponents. So make it a three-way. Get the three of them together. I'm sure somebody, Big Game Leroy, can find somebody to to handle the switch hell he could control himself in in that one i don't know either way um the other one i wanted to make sure to highlight is um you know sometimes when doing interviews stuff just runs out of my head at times and and i cannot mention the bay area pro wrestling scene without mentioning hood slam ugwa um everything going on with full queer you know there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the bay area as well i just wanted to make sure that they got their due as well in this because they are doing outstanding things and and that whole area is growing because of their contributions along with so many others. It's awesome to see, you know, I'm excited to see uh, where our 2021 QWI rookie of the year is going to go here as we head towards the, the one year anniversary of their first match in, in pro wrestling um, a whole lot of stuff lined up there, and I know myself and so many others are going to be along for the ride to see it. And um, Cannot wait to see what's next for Kid Bandit. Um, hopefully another AEW Dark appearance. <laughs> um, that being said, though, that's going to do it for us here today. Make sure to come back tomorrow. We have the business Billy Dixon, our gay president, the queer mandarin-chief. If you're not here, then you are maybe... Um, in contempt of something with the gay federal whatever agency i don't know throw in a thing it's whatever billy billy is on the show again always fun to have billy on make sure you come back tomorrow and check that out um and otherwise um y'all stay messy wash your hands wear your mask get vaccinated and boosted if 
you are able to do so. And happy birthday, Paro. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. If they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, she made a deal with the demon so her lover could live. When the moon is high.